As we have been dealing with the coronavirus, we have been dealing with a deadly enemy. I'm not talking about a spiritual enemy. I'm talking about a physical enemy that may have spiritual significance and influence. When we talk about spiritual warfare, half of the people withdraw saying that I don't have anything to do with the spiritual warfare. But today, I'm talking about, not about an invisible enemy, I'm talking about a real enemy who is standing in front of us, friend of all of us, and showing its ugly face. This enemy is an enemy of humankind, already claimed 240,000 lives from the face of the earth. 3,500 deaths are reported in Canada. New York, New York City is still reporting 300 deaths every day. This enemy has caused so much of uncertainty, stress among the government, among the health system, and among the political leaders. You and I have been fighting this enemy on a daily basis. He affected your personal life. He affected your family life. He affected your social life. In fact, he is trying to touch your emotional life. And we need to be careful against this about this enemy who is really deadly, who is having power to kill, who is having power to destroy our lives. Coronavirus. Maybe or may not be one of the biblical prophecies. But today we are not concerned about it. But so today we know for sure that it is not certainly from God. Anything that, that is not from God that must be rejected. Anything that is not from God that must be dealt with appropriately. Like poverty, famine or other pandemic, coronavirus is an enemy to humankind. One of the Canada's largest public opinion companies called the Narrative Research has released the results of their latest pool of Atlantic Canadians. Over 3,200 people from Nova Scotia, New Brunswick, PEI and Newfoundland, they took part in the survey. And what you see in the screen is the result of the survey. In this survey, 65% say that there will be some permanent changes in how we do things after the pandemic, 65%. There are around 27% they say that life after pandemic will be fundamentally totally changed. There are 27% they say that. And only 80% say that things will go back to the normal afterwards. Only 80%. 92% of the people in this survey, they say that things are not going to be the same. Things are going to change. See the amount of impact this enemy has already made on the society. We as children of God... We must be taking necessary steps to handle this enemy. And I'm talking about something that is happening really in front of me every day. I'm talking about something that we keep hearing that's happening across the globe every day. Here is the fact. 
In fact, you know, I want you to read this. And this is the basis for this sermon this morning. Let's read this together. If we don't handle the impact of coronavirus properly, this physical enemy will cause emotional damages. And even when we come out of this pandemic, we will still continue to fight with our emotional health. Can we read that together again, once again? Because this forms the basis for today's sermon. If we don't handle the impact of coronavirus properly, this physical enemy will cause emotional damages. And even when we come out of this pandemic, we will still continue to fight with our emotional health. When the medical world is handling this enemy physically, you and I need to handle this enemy emotionally. Like any enemy in the battlefield, there are a couple of things we can do. We can either live in fear or we can fight against this enemy or even we can fall and surrender to the enemy. There are three things we can do. So this morning I would like to title my sermon as Fear, Fight or Fall. As we deal with this enemy, we can take any one of these options that are available in front of us. Either we can continue to live in fear or we fight or we can fall. We are given three options. Next slide. We are given three options here. Either to fear the enemy and continue to live in fear or to fight and overcome this enemy or to fall and give up and continue to live with emotional struggles and depression. Let us understand these options in detail. I need to give a structure for my servant, for you to understand my rationality behind these discussions. The structure involves symptoms, motivators, and remedy. We are talking about three different options that are in front of us. You know, people behave different, different ways. Some people are living in fear. Some people are fighting and overcoming it. And some people are even, you know, even they, they, they are falling. We are talking about the real enemy. And this morning we are trying to understand what are those symptoms that fear can cause and what are those motivators they will lead us into fear and what is the remedy. Let's take one by one. Fear. Living and continuing to live in fear of the enemy. I want all of you to imagine a battlefront. I want you to imagine a time of war that we are in, you know, we are in a real war that we are engaged with today. All of our medical officers, medical, the medical professionals, they engage them in this real battle day in and day out. I have seen and I heard about people living in fear, especially in big cities, when the death rate is increasing, people give up and they live in total fear. What are those symptoms of those people, those who are living in fear? This morning, this will help you to understand whether we have something, some just thing in our lives. You know, sometimes when we are living in fear, we withdraw from the society. We withdraw from everything that we have been doing. We try to hide ourselves. Sometimes we may not socialize. You know, even we are talking about, especially for the young adults, we have been telling them, how do we socialize even while isolating? People who are living in fear, you know, they don't do this. They continue to live in fear. They, in fact, even forget what Christ could do for them. They even forget who we are in Christ. 
And they even forget what God has done in their lives in the past. These are the symptoms of people who are living in fear. You know, I believe we children of God, we don't need to worry about what is happening in the world. We are concerned, certainly we are concerned, we need to pray for that. But God never said that you need to be afraid of what is happening around you. God never said that you need to continue to live in fear. What are the motivators of fear? Who brings fear in our lives? I believe fear is caused by the devil. There is no doubt about it. God doesn't give fear. God will not you know, make you fearful. But devil brings fear. Devil causes fear. I would say that fear is the characteristics of the fallen world. In the kingdom of God, there is no... We don't really find those four-letter words, fear. Fear is the characteristics of the fallen world. Where in the Bible we see the term fear or afraid in the first place. You know, I believe we, uh, we see that in, in the Garden of Eden. And if we can go to Genesis chapter 3 verse 10. Here we see the response of Adam to God. Genesis chapter 3 verse 10. So Adam said, I heard your voice. He's speaking to God. I heard your voice in the garden. And I was afraid because I was naked. And I hid myself. Fear or being afraid is the characteristics of the fallen world. Bad news can certainly cause fear. Bird new, bad news and anxiety can cause more fear in our lives. Concern about the future, concern about the safety, they all can cause fear in our lives. When we handle, when we deal with such an enemy, we either we can continue to live in fear and i believe this morning god is telling us that there is no reason why we need to live in fear and what is the remedy in case if we have a little bit of fear in our heart what is the remedy you know physically certainly we are in fear for the virus we need to take care of us we need to do what the what, what the what the medical directives are already given to us but emotionally we don't need to live in fear Fear will make us emotionally dull and it causes physical weakness when we emotionally become dull and you know it really makes us unfit to handle the physical situation. You know that's how fear works. Fear will put us emotionally down and our physically we become weak and eventually we will not be able to handle what the situation that we need to handle physically. So we must handle this fear very early in our life. We must handle this fear very early when things are happening around us. Remember, God has already spoken to us. We are talking about the remedy. How do we come out of this fear? God has already spoken to us. God said many times in the word of God, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Let's read one scripture. Psalm 91 verses 5 and 6. You know, the scriptures are very appropriate, especially Psalm 91. Now, I would encourage you to read Psalm 91 every day when you, before you go to bed. Psalm 91 is a very appropriate psalm to read, especially in this time such as this. Psalm 91 verses 5 and 6, You shall not be afraid of the terror by night. God speaking to his own and saying, You shall. I want you to read that with me. Let, we, we, let's not miss those words. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night. Not of the arrow that flies by day. Verse 6. Nor of the pestilence that walks in darkness. What did God say? God said, you shall not be afraid. 
you shall not be afraid knowing that this enemy can cause emotional damages in your life god already spoke about it and god said do not be afraid nor the destruction that lays waste at noonday you know, even I need to remember what God had done in the past in our lives. Many times we forget that. You know, we saw the same God. God said, I am the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow, forever. He's the same God. Many times we forget that what God could do in our lives. And we continue to live in fear. Psalm 77 verse 11, the psalmist says, I will remember the works of, the, works of the Lord. Surely I will remember your wonders of old. Because God has done something in the past that doesn't really limit his ability to do something present and even for your future. This morning my question is why should you live in fear? Why should you live in fear concerning your future? Why should you live in fear? Because it is the same God who took you out of the many different conditions. In some of our lives, we were close to death. I know in some of our lives, in many of our lives, in fact, we were very close to death. But God rescued you. God protected you from many tragedies. God protected your life from the fall that you had. God took care of you when you lost your business in the past. God took care of your children. You know, when the doctors gave up, they were at the verge of death. But God took care of them. You yourself lost hope in your life many times. But God took care of you in every situation. Why are you fearful? When we deal with such an enemy, the easy option is to, you know, get fearful, get afraid of him and just isolate and withdraw and feel everything, you know, everything is against us, you know, having the feeling that the whole world is against, working against you and me. And God is asking you this morning, that's not the way to deal with the enemy. You don't need to be afraid. Let's move further. There are other group of people. They are not fearful at all. They fight. They fight with the enemy and they overcome. You know, we see, we read in the, in the Hebrew chapter 11, how people overcome many deadly things in their lives, many tragedies in their lives. They were standing on the word of God. They were having faith in God and they overcame every situation. These are the people who face challenges. They fight with the situation and they come up in their lives. They are fighters. They are really courageous. They persevere and they never give up in their lives. They fight until they get freedom. They fight until they get deliverance. They fight until they overcome the power of this enemy. And this morning I believe we are talking about the deadly enemy, coronavirus, that is affecting the lives today. And affecting your life and my life. What are those symptoms of these fighters? They do a couple of things. They never stop doing anything. Even though by knowing that there is enemy outside, they will still continue to do what they have been doing. They are courageous. They trust in God. They do continue to do what they have been doing within the limit of the health directives and the laws that are given by the government. They resist anything that bothers them. They resist anything that puts them down. They are not restricted within the boundary. Legally, yes, but emotionally, no, no. They equip themselves to face any adverse situation. 
They listen to what God is telling in this situation. And in not only them, there's, there's themselves, you know, they even give hope to others. They, if they find somebody who is discouraged, they talk to them and they just, you know, bring courage in their lives. They are the leaders. They are the great leaders. Those who are standing courageously, those who are bringing hope into somebody's life, they are the leaders. And I believe leaders are evaluated during the crisis time. It's very easy to lead when everything is going well because things will happen by itself. But when everything is not going well, that is the time it is very hard to lead. You know, these are the real leaders and fighters. They will always keep their spirit up. They will never go down. They will never become dull. They will not take anything negative. They will reject those negatives. They won't take any negative words working in their lives, going deeply into their mind, in their heart. These are the symptoms of the fighters. Now, I believe God is expecting you and me to be fighter. You know what? We are called as soldiers of God. We are called as warriors. You know, we are asked to put on the armor of God because the only reason is we, you and I are soldiers. How can you go down in your emotion? There is no reason, there is no way you can go down in your emotional. Do not say that emotionally you are down. Do not say that you are depressed. The depression is not in the word, not in the word of God. The word depression cannot be in your life if you are a child of God. Who are the motivators? What are the motivators for these people? Those who are called fighters, those who are called overcomers, who are the motivators? Majority, you won't believe this, majority of it is self-motivation. Majority of this motivation comes from self-motivation. I'll help you this morning. Anything around them, around us, is sending negative vibes. Anything that you look at it today, it's all sending negative vibes. Bible says, in fact, if racing against men makes you tired, how can you compete with horses? If racing against men makes you tired, how can you compete with horses? You know, you, are, uh, you and I are not just ordinary people. We are called by God. God has, you know, given his name. His name is, 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 is marked in our foreheads. We belong to the eternal kingdom. We don't belong to this earthly kingdom. God is asking this morning, if you race against men, makes you tired. How can you compete with the horses? Those who keep themselves, you know, continue to fight in this battle, they keep themselves busy. They are not lazy people. They are busy. They stay positive always. They press forward. They move forward. They will continue to fight. They will find their way out. Even in the adverse situation, they will not just keep quiet. They will find their way out. Self-motivation is the best motivation to come out of these emotional struggles that you may be dealing with this morning. Secondly, they associate with people. They don't isolate. They talk to their colleagues. If you still continue to have work, they talk to them every day. They talk to their fellow believers. They call a couple of people and talk to them and inquire about them and find out what is happening in their lives and they will look for opportunities in what way they can be of help to somebody. They don't isolate themselves. We are talking about fighters and God has called you and me to fight in this battle and to overcome this battle. They also trust in God. They trust in God in the midst of all that they go through. They trust in God. David says in Psalm 62 verse 8, this is what he says, if you can read that with me, Psalm 62 verse 8, trust in him at all times. 
I have underlined here all times. I put that in bold, all times. Trust in him at all times, not when everything is going well, even when things are not happening, not going well. Whether you have job or you don't have job, whether your business is running or it is shut down, no matter what is happening, all time God is asking us to trust in him. You people, pour out your hearts to him, for God is our refuge. God wants us to stay positive. God wants us to make use of every opportunity. No matter what the situation is, there is still there is an opportunity. Bible says, Ephesians chapter 5 verse 16. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 16. I'm reading from NIV. The Bible says, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. We know that we are living in the evil days, but God is asking us to make use of every opportunity that comes in front of us. This is a good time to share God with somebody. This is a good time to share the counsel of God to somebody. This is a good time to encourage somebody who is going, maybe your colleague, you know, maybe somebody who, who is known to you, you never spoke to them, but this is a good opportunity to wave your hands to them and just to encourage them and to support them. These fighters, they don't give up easily. They don't really believe in the lies of the enemy. What keep, we keep hearing from outside is the lie of the enemy. They are like Daniel. They are like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They don't give up even the situation changes or the situation doesn't change. They are real fighters. They are like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They have such a great faith in God. No matter whether you, we escape the fire or we don't escape the fire, we will not serve the other God. God expects us to be in that way. They don't wait for the situation to be in favor of them. In fact, they make the situation to be in their favor. They don't just wait for that. They will just look for opportunity. In what way I can collect people? In what way I can communicate with my family? In when I have not spoken to some of my family members you know, for such a long time, can I just have a prayer time with my family members? You know, they just look for opportunities. They are real fighters. The last group of people who fall. They try to stand in this situation. But these people, they easily give up and they fall. These are the people who gets, up, gets upset easily by looking at the situation. They go down emotionally quickly and eventually they end up in depression. This morning I want to talk, I don't like the word depression for some reason, but still I want to talk about the word depression this morning. These are the people who get easily upset for small, small things. Even in our family life, small discussion, small argument, they just become upset. They don't talk to each other. Even, you know, even in the social life, you know, they don't like some of the people. They don't like the way people are behaving, they become upset. God is saying this this morning, you cannot be like that person. I want you to be a fighter. That's the reason you are listening to me this morning. These people who fall easily, what are their symptoms? They easily become depressed or, you know, they easily lose their emotional strength by watching negative reports. You know, so we come across some people and they switch channel to channel basically to capture the negative words. They just look for the negative, you know, how many people died there, what happened there, you know, which building collapsed there, which bridge collapsed there, what are those accidents, or where all, you know, they collect all these negative things into their, into their life, into their mind. They eventually lose hope in God. 
They eventually question God. If such a great thing is happening on the world, where is God? You know, that is their question because they put everything they allow, every negativity to work in their lives. In fact, they even make their own golden calf. If you remember when Moses was in the mount, Aaron and other children of Israel, they decided to make a golden calf. You know, they thought, you know, our God is done with us. The chapter of God is over when Moses went up to Mount Sinai. They thought God has to do anything with them anymore. And they started making their own golden calf. You know, we do that even in some time. People who are emotionally down, they make their own golden calf and they start worshipping that. Finally, they say that, I tried my level best, but this God thing is not working anymore in my life. You know, one can be depressed without even knowing it. This morning, I just want to take a take few minutes and talk to you. This depression develops very gradually in our lives. There may be obvious reasons for being depressed, feeling dull, sometime, or there may not be any reason at all for feeling depressed. I was looking at the symptoms of depression to know more about what the current situation, current enemy COVID-19 is doing among people. And here is the list that I came out with. Number one, this list will help you to attach you to this list and to see whether you go through any of these symptoms in your life. Number one, feeling of hopelessness and helplessness. Loss of interest in daily activities, the daily routine becomes so heavy on us. We don't want to get up from the bed. We don't want to face the challenges daily. We are talking about the symptoms of depression. And the reason why I'm saying is God is going to deliver you today. Number three, appetite or weight changes, sleep changes, anger or irritability, loss of energy, feeling fatigued, sluggish, and physically you feel that you are drained totally. Feeling of worthlessness or guilt. You know, many times you say that I'm not worth it to live. I'm not worth it at all. I'm not, use, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not really useful for anybody. I'm useful, useless. Reckless behavior in driving or handling people, you know, in many different areas. Concentration problems, trouble focusing and making decisions or, you know, remembering things at times. Unexplained ache and pain. Every time you complain about pain, my head is paining, my leg is paining, my stomach is paining. Why it is paining? There is no reason why it is paining. This morning we are talking about some of the symptoms of depression. What are the motivators of those people they fall? What really makes them make them to do this? What really brings depression in their lives? We are just trying to straight away attack that enemy this morning. I believe certainly the news channels. Suddenly the report that we hear, the news channels, they bring good amount of depression and emotional struggles in your life. David Jeremiah, one of the men of God whom I like, the senior pastor of Shadow Mountain Community Church in California, he stresses the importance of controlling what goes into one's mind. And this is important because, you know, there are times, many times we are sitting in front of the television. There are many times we are browsing through news channels nowadays. And you know, he says, it is important that you need to control what goes into your mind. And this is what exactly he says. If you want to be depressed, if you want to be overwhelmed, you can do that by spending hours and hours watching the reports. I'll repeat that again. 
If you want to be depressed, if you want to be overwhelmed, you can do that by spending hours and hours watching the reports. We certainly need to know what is happening around us. The rest of the time, God wants us to spend in our own business. Listen to me this morning. We need to really know what is happening around us. We need to be knowledgeable. But the rest of the time, God wants you to spend your time in your own business. God is expecting this from you. God is expecting you to take this step, step the first initial step, so that you know, he can help you. The more we allow negative information, the devil has more negativity within us. And that leads us to depression. We are talking about what are the motivators that bring depression in our lives. Number two, this is very important. False prophecy and teaching. They have the ability to bring depression in your life. I'll give you an example. There are many Christians who know the Lord are led into depression by the teaching that everything is going to crash. Everything has come to an end. The world is crashing. The everything on the world that is happening today is, has come to an end. All Jesus told us, they always quote, you know, Matthew chapter 24 and in the book of, the, book of Revelation from chapter 6 onwards. And they falsely teach people saying that everything has come to an end. You know, this is one of the major cause of depression and the emotional struggles among Christians. All that Jesus told, I want to help you here. All that Jesus told us is a sign for the end of the age in Matthew 24. We are reading from Matthew 24 verses 7 and 8. Exactly this is what Jesus said. For nation will rise against nation, and kingdom, will, kingdom against kingdom, and there will be famines, pestilences, and earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginning of sorrow. All these are the beginning of sorrows. And if you read continually, that, followed by, that, that follows by persecution, appearance of false prophets, then finally the requirement before the end of the age is the gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world. Then the end comes. So as the end approaches, there will be more and more frequent outbreaks of such infectious diseases impacting more and more people. Listen to me. What we see is the beginning of sorrows. We don't know when the end is going to come. The end may come in our lifetime or the end may come in the lifetime of our children or of their children's children. We do not know. Because God said no one knows when the Son of Man is going to return. Even he himself doesn't know when he is going to come back to this world. How come these false prophets and teachers know when God is going to come back to this world? Listening to such false prophets and false teachers will lead you straight away into depression. So as the end approaches, things are going to happen. Maybe more frequent in the coming days. But we need to be careful what we listen, what we allow inside. And we want to talk about the impact of the enemy. And then we are going to talk about the remedy. And then we are going to get into a time of prayer. What is the impact of this deadly enemy in our lives? We're talking about the motivators of, you know, that put, puts us down today, emotionally. Isolation is a very great struggle that we are all trying to handle, finding it difficult to handle. There are many social activities that are banned today. Cancellation of major sports leagues like NBA and NFL and NHL. 
postponement of the Tokyo Olympic Games to 2021. There are people, many people, they already lost their job. They lost their business. There is a great fear among people that whether the economy will come back to what it was already. You know, all these are directly impacting your life and my life. All this caused depression among people. And this morning, God is telling you, your emotional life is very important. Your emotional health is very important. It's not enough that you are physically sound. Looks like you are physically sound. Your emotional health is very, very important. What is the remedy? I believe this morning, this will lead us into a time of prayer. There are a couple of steps God is asking us to take this morning. If you are going through this struggle in our lives, I believe in one way or the other, we are all affected during this situation. We need to admit that first. Step number one is again self-initiate you. What is the remedy of somebody going through depression, coming out of that situation? You know, depression sets in very slowly. Very slowly. So one has enough time to come out of the depression before depression sets in their lives so deeply. And we need to take a step at that moment when depression is trying to set in our lives very slowly. And we need, we need to know that God has a plan for us. You know, it is all up to us what, how we want to spend the rest of the day on the earth. We need to you know, take positive steps and we need to come out of this. The earlier we come out, it's easy to come out. The later we wait, you know, there is probably chances that we will never come out during the rest of our life. And God is telling us this morning, we need to know that God is having a plan for you, for your future. The way God formed you. The way from God called you, the way he considered that you are so precious on the face of this earth, that tells us that God has a plan. God has a plan. If God did not have a plan, you and I would have perished. You, would have, you and I would have been one among the 240,000 people who already died. The only reason that you are alive today that tells you and me that God has a plan. And God is with you in this journey. He's not just sitting somewhere and watching the world going through Corona. No, no, no. He is with you in this journey. He is with you in this struggle. But you need to take a step forward to come out of what you are going through at this moment. I want to talk to you this morning. Don't try to stay there and create a self-pity. You know, that's what people try to do. Don't seek you know, sympathy from others. Do not do that. Don't seek sympathy. It is good to share your prayer needs. It's good to share everything. But do not try to seek sympathy from others. Decide to come out of it. Take a step. You know, you are called to help others. That there are times that, you know, you need help. And God has helped you. You are spiritually, you know, you become mature now. This is the time that you need to start helping others. You need to take a self-initiative. Number two, step two. We need to cry out to God. Ultimately, we all come back to him. Just wrote this before as I was preparing the sermon. There is nothing wrong in feeling depressed. But depression shouldn't become our lifestyle. For some people, depression has become lifestyle. You know, they, say, they take pride in saying that emotionally I am hurt. Emotionally I am down. And God is telling you this morning, it doesn't, go, it doesn't help really. It doesn't really help you to fulfill the plan of God in your life. That's you need to come out of it. And you need to cry unto God. Listen to me, I will close very soon. There were times that even Jesus was depressed. Do you know that? There were times even Jesus went through depression. Jesus was distressed, he grieved, he faced loneliness in his life. Bible says he felt, he experienced deep sorrow. And remember after the death of John the Baptist, 
Jesus went into isolation. He did not want to speak to anybody. Today you and I do that. When things are not happening the way we want, we isolate ourselves. It's not a strange thing. Jesus did that. We read all this in Matthew chapter 14. And at the time, at, at many times he was overwhelmed because of his sadness. We read a couple of scriptures. I will help you here. Isaiah chapter 53 verse 3 says, Isaiah 53 3, He is despised and rejected by men. A man of sorrow and acquainted with grief. That's what Bible says. And you know, through all these things that Jesus went through, he did one thing. Even though he was God, he is God, he is still God. He was you know, in his human form on the face of this earth like you and me. And because he did that, you know, today I can do that and I can come out of depression. I can come out of the stress, emotional struggles I'm dealing with. We read that in Hebrews chapter 5 verse 7. That's the answer for you and me today. Hebrews chapter 5 verse 7. Because that's what Jesus, said, Jesus did. Can we read that together? Who refers to Jesus? In the days of his flesh. When he had offered up prayers and supplications. I want you to read closely. Offered up prayers and supplications with vehement cries. Vehement simply means with fervent cries, with violent cries, with very intense cries. You know, that's how he cried. That's how Jesus cried and tears to him. You know, he, he with vehement cries, with vehement cries and tears to him, to God the Father, who was able to save Jesus from death and was heard because of his godly fear. Jesus prayed. For to come out of his depression, the way he prayed, this is how he prayed. He prayed to God with vehement cries and tears, with fervent and violent and intense cry and tears. He prayed to God. You know, this outburst of cry to God will expel the spirit of depression from your life. That is the truth. You don't need a minister of God to come and lay hands. When he lay hands, that's what happens in your life. The spirit of depression has to be expelled. That's to come out of your life. And how it comes out when you cry to God. This vehement cry will bring that spirit of depression from your life. This outburst of cry has to happen in your life for a cure from depression. This is step three, last one. We need to realize the victory that was gained at the cross. You need to know that the head of the enemy you are dealing with was crushed. At the cross. If you believe that Jesus took all the infirmities upon him at the cross. He took care of coronavirus at the cross. This is not a strange thing to God. God is not at all surprised by the coronavirus attack on the face of this year. Because he already took care of it at the cross. I want you to come with me to Matthew chapter 8 verses 16 and 17. Matthew chapter 8 verse 16 and 17. When evening had come. They brought to him, brought to Jesus, many who were demon possessed. And Jesus cast out the spirits with the word and healed all those who were sick. Verse 17, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet saying, he himself took our infirmity. All the impact that this virus is making are all the incidents in your past that made, that brought depression in your life. He took everything upon himself and bore all our sicknesses. That includes your emotional sickness. Depression is the bondage of the enemy. God doesn't give depression. When Jesus 
was standing in front of the tomb of Lazarus. This is what I could imagine. He with a loud voice, he said, Lazarus, come out. And the dead man, bound in grave cloths, received life. The dead man, the dead man who was bound with grave cloths, he received life. This morning, as we close, can you just pray over your life? You don't need a minister of God to help you here. I'm helping you with the word of God. Lay your heads, lay your hands on your head and tell your name out loud and say, come out in Jesus' name from the bonds of depression. You can say your name and you say, come out in Jesus' name from the bonds of depression, from the bonds of depression. The same way Lazarus came forth from the tomb with life. God will give you life. This morning I'm going, just going to uh, I'm just going to you know, close right now and we're going to pray. We talked about three options this morning. Number one, either you can live in fear or you can fight and you can come out victoriously or you can fall to the enemy. What is your choice? Shall we close our eyes?